Well, welcome to A Different Door. A Different Door is a different kind of worship experience here at Grace Avenue, where every week we gather together to talk about the scriptures and what's going on in our world um, and have a conversation that allows us to really dive deep in a different way. Today, we are talking about how we love God with our whole heart. Um, And as we are thinking about this, in the midst of this idea, um, we've been talking a lot about the Wizard of Oz. As each and every one of the characters have come through thinking that they need something. The Tin Man wants a brain. The Scarecrow wants a heart. The Lion, who feels very cowardly, just wants courage. And Dorothy really just wants to go home. (laughs) And part of what we learn throughout the entire movie of The Wizard of Oz is that everything that the people thought they needed was inside them all along. All they had to do was pull back the curtain. So I guess let's open this morning by asking the question, what does it mean to love God with your whole heart? What would that even look like? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. <laughs> and, um, and, and a tough one, tough one to answer. Um, I think that there is something that comes out of us, sort of exudes from us, when we are able to love God with our whole heart. And I think that we can recognize it in others. There's this quality of being the light, I think, is, is a way to explain it. That you, There's just some people that I think of as, as being golden. And like exuded. Ex, yeah, yeah, golden in this world. Because when you meet them, you feel safe and important Mm -hmm. and like whatever you are saying is the most important thing in the world. And I think that's because they are loving God with their whole heart and it just pours out of them. Mm -hmm. I think that often we think of loving God with our whole heart as something we have to do. You know, it's, it's, um, something outward we have to do. And I actually think it's the opposite. I think it's the inner work that we have to do so that we can love God with all our whole heart. And a lot of that inner work is letting go and surrendering um, from our own ego. Um, we can't truly be Christ. And uh, so I use this word in Christ, in Christo, which Paul says 186 times in his epistles. And what I think that really means is that Christ literally, Christ's nature lives within us. And so that's the exuding, right? That light. And I I think to love God with your whole heart, you have to surrender to um, that kind of nature so that you do exude that to the world. Yeah, I like that. And I think it ties into that idea of um, love in our English translation means something different, mm-hmm. right? And I think you're, you're getting at that really well, Laura, here, because you're saying the way that we understand love is different, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is the way that we do language, right? We talk about, oh, man, I, I really love chocolate, <laughs> right? Um, or, man, like, I, I, I really love going to concerts, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, that, that gives you... We do you, use it very yeah, flippantly, but, don't we? <laughs> but we're talking about, like, really what we, we... But it would be odd for us to say, you know what really brings me joy? Chocolate. Right? But you know what really brings, makes me happy, right? Going to concerts, right? We don't say it that way. We just say, I really love that. Mm-hmm. that and when we're saying, I love that, typically what we're saying is, that feeds my soul. Mm. Right? That feeds my soul in some way. And yet when we look at a scripture like we're going to look at today, um, that Carol's going to read for us, 
it means something different because the language means something different. And so, so often in our modern context, we miss out. Mm. So Carol, will you, let's dive into the scripture this morning. Yeah, this is from uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. It says, when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. So I love this scripture. Um, and one of the reasons I love it is because of Jesus's response. But also, I'm thinking about it a lot, especially since yesterday. Yesterday, we hosted um, Pride Frisco. And so I had a lot of people of the law um, come up and, and want to talk to me about theology and scripture. Um, and much like they didn't like Jesus's answer, right? And we know they didn't like Jesus's answer because they walked away in silence. Mm-hmm. I also had several people walk away in silence <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because I gave a similar answer to Jesus. And I think that the challenge here um, is that we lose sight of love so often. Um, and what happened yesterday was there was a group of people who lost sight of love. Um, and they lost sight of the true meaning of what it means to love God with your whole heart. Because the commandment that comes through is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, right? Mm-hmm. And the second, which is like it, you love your neighbor as yourself. When we love God with our whole heart, it opens us up in a new way. When we love God with our whole heart, it's how we're allowed to love our neighbor in a new way. And so I think that's the challenge of this, right? Now now I have lived it. Um, And I know there are people who live that every day as well. Um, What do we do in the midst of difficult circumstances with people who are hard to love? I think that's a bigger challenge in the midst of this as well. Yeah, I think that's an interesting thing that you're talking about, Christopher, because I was thinking about um, yesterday, and for those that, that weren't at the event, there were some protesters um, that were not happy with, with what was going on, and I, I had this feeling of, mm, they are beloved children of God. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is such an important thing for us to remember and think about mm-hmm. when we're thinking about these challenges and we're thinking about um, maybe how they have lost sight of, of love in their own lives, that God's love is so big that even for the people that we do not agree with and the neighbors that we are called to love that are difficult to love, God loves them. We should open our heart the same way. And I think it's interesting to see that on display and remember that there's still an opportunity, you know, for that love um, to, to come into to their hearts and, and then share it with others. And so um, I had those, a lot of those same thoughts too about the, how did we lose sight of love? How did we get to this? And um, I think that, that there is something that Laura was saying about that inner work that allows you to ultimately be mm-hmm. able to exude what God has actually called us to. Yeah, and I love the way that you said it and how you always help me recenter things because yesterday I reached a point where people were like, well, how's it going? And I said, I'm doing my very best to live and walk in the footsteps of Jesus. 
and right now I'm ready for my whip because I'm ready to turn the temp tables over. Right? Mm. Um, I was I was not in that same space, but I, I like how you always help bring me back mm. and recenter. This is why we do things in community. <laughs> That's uh, right, and in connection. Uh, right. Go ahead, Laura. I had an interesting interaction yesterday, similar to both of y'all as well, and um, I had two ladies came up to me, um, and I there were some signs that maybe they weren't um, celebrating pride. Um, but one of them was very nice, and we started talking about church um, and the Holy Spirit. And then the other one came up and was antagonizing a little bit. And she actually was bringing up some very um, political things and then going, but love your neighbor, right? Love your neighbor, right? And she, she used those, and she would say, those are Jesus' words, right? She was trying to kind of twist them. Mm-hmm. And I just, I had to kind of take a breath and what I do when when those kind of things happen is I just like just like when we're up there doing our spiritual practice I really try to just get that same mindset of just like all right here we go put the the blanket of compassion on yourself and just listen and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're right Jesus did say love your neighbor we love all people I just had to keep saying it over and over again. And she kept trying to twist those words, though, of love your neighbor um, and uh, using, you know, different political things. And I just, I thought that was interesting that even though she knows the words of Jesus, she decided to use them in a way to harm another Christian. Well, and that's what they were doing in the scripture today, right? right? Testing, like, testing like, let's, Jesus. Let's test Jesus, yeah. right? Because we all know the, the, the answer, right, as modern-day readers, right? When they say, like, Jesus, which commandment is the greatest? Jesus is supposed to say that they're all equal, right? They're all equal. They're all equal. But that's not what Jesus says, right? They're, they want to catch him in an aha, right? Okay, well, if they're all equal, then, like, why are you healing on the Sabbath? Mm-hmm. If they're all equal, why are you doing these things? And instead, Jesus says... Love the Lord your God Mm -hmm. with all your heart. And the second, which is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. And the challenge there then is, what do you say to that? They didn't know. They can't argue with that, right? Like you can't say, well, the greatest commandment isn't love the Lord your God with all your heart. It's the first commandment, right? And yet, they're trying to catch him in Mm -hmm. some way. And I think that's the challenge. We talked last week, right, about the opposite of faith not being doubt but certainty. And a lot of the interactions we had yesterday was people who were so strong in their conviction that they were right, that the possibility that they were wrong never occurred to Mm -hmm. them. But they had to come and try to make sure that we knew that they were right. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to lead us in a different Mm way. And the challenge is, then you don't have a heart, right? We've talked this whole time about if I only had a heart. The heart's there. But they're not using the heart, right? Um, And when we really live into this scripture, right, when we love God, when we experience the grace of God, we then can't help but pour that grace onto Mm -hmm. others, right? That's that's what John 1 is about, right? But from grace upon grace, we have been given and we have been offered. And I think what Carol said, you can't help but see others even when they're being ugly as beloved children of God and as having Christ within them as well. That's right. All right. I think the question that I have now (laughs) is what then, when we say love the Lord your God 
and then love your neighbor as yourself, what does loving your neighbor as yourself look like in action? Because really, if we define love, at least the way that Jesus seems to be defining love often, it ends up being an act of mercy. Mm-hmm. So what is an act of mercy? Where do we see act of, acts of mercy? Maybe in the world, but also in scripture. Yeah, when we were talking about this earlier this week, one thing that had come up for me when I was thinking about a modern day example of an act of mercy, um, I don't know if you guys remember, um, it's been four to five years ago, maybe more, um, when Botham Jean um, was shot in his apartment. Um, For those of you that don't remember the story, just quickly, just a black man was just at home uh, watching TV, I believe, on his couch, and an off-duty police officer uh, went into his apartment and shot him and killed him. And she said that she had gotten confused which apartment was hers, and that when she entered his apartment, uh, she believed that there was a stranger sitting on her sofa which obviously is a pretty difficult story to believe. And I'm not sure of every twist and turn that the trial took, but ultimately, um, her name was Amber Geiger. She was convicted. And after the conviction, there was an opportunity for the family um, to speak to her. Um, This is a woman that had taken away a son, a brother. And there was an opportunity, I think, for the family to really give it to her. But instead... The brother went to speak on behalf of the family, and he asked to give Amber Geiger a hug. And there were media in that courtroom, and that story went everywhere, because no one understood why. And when asked why, the brother said, because we love our neighbor as ourselves, and we forgive. And the whole world saw that. Mm. And I think that's just such a powerful example of an act of mercy, love as an act of mercy. And again, he was able to recognize that this woman who had done this thing was a beloved child of God too. I love that story. And I think too, it's important because it's scripture come to life, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, in scripture, Jesus offers acts of mercy time and time again, where people knew what should happen then it happened in a different way. And it's the, the woman caught in adultery, right? Who, he who with that sin cast the first stone, right? She's fully expecting to be stoned. That's the law. She knows she's broken the law. Instead, she receives an act of mercy, right? It's the woman at the well whose life is changed by a conversation. It's time and time and time again, right? It's the prodigal son who shows up expecting his father just to either turn him away or make him a servant who's welcomed home, right? These acts of mercy, these acts of love, these acts of grace are so powerful, and we see them time and time again in Scripture, which tells us what God is like. But then we also get to see it out active in the world as well. Um, Active mercy is boundless love. And boundless love helps us to move past and into something really special. I think that when, like, that family did that, I think it starts to expand you. When you start to give those acts of mercy, it expands yourself so that you can understand truly what the love of God is about. Because God does that for us every day, right? And I just, what a 
an amazing example um, that is of just loving God and doing inner work so that you can give acts of mercy as God does. And so hard, right? These acts of mercy, these acts of forgiveness, they're painful. To be able to get to a place where you can do that, you have to let go of Mm. hurt and and anger and resentment and loss and all of the what-ifs and what could-have-beens. And I think, too, I think it's important to make a distinction here. We talk about forgiveness all of the time. Um, Forgiveness does not also mean reconciliation. Mm -hmm. There are people in our lives who have hurt us who probably shouldn't be a part of our lives anymore. And in offering forgiveness, you also aren't also offering reconciliation. You don't have to continue to have those people in your lives. I think that gets twisted a lot of times. Mm -hmm. People are like, oh no, well you forgave them, so like, you... They can continue to harm you. Yeah. That's right. Um, But just because you forgive them doesn't mean that they have changed. Right? What you have done is you have changed, and you are offering them something. You're expanding your acts of mercy and boundless love. And that is about you growing into what God has called you to be. They still have the opportunity to grow as well. And reconciliation is always possible. But just because you offer forgiveness doesn't mean that reconciliation is mandatory. Right? We don't see that in Scripture. Um, and oftentimes, the, the people who end up going back... Um, the woman at the well who went and changed and expanded her community, right? There ended up being reconciliation, but that takes time as well. Yeah, to- totally agree with that point. And that's a part of, of healthy boundaries that um, we all live in and learn into. Um, and it really makes me think of, y'all don't judge me, but I listen to Christian radio. I know that a lot of those songs are cheesy, but I cannot help it. I just really like that music. But there is one song that I haven't heard it, heard it in a while, but it is talking about forgiveness. And one of the lines says, the prisoner that it really frees is you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're talking about there is that it's not necessarily an act that you do for someone else. Mm-hmm. I forgave you and now you are off the hook. It's now I'm free. And I, I think that's one of the acts of mercy and, and love that God invites us to is to not have to live with all of that, to be free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and the Christian radio offers themselves a lot of grace and forgiveness as well. I always feel somewhat drawn to it, and I don't know why. I hardly ever turn it on. But when I do, it's always like the end of the month when they're like really ramping up there. Just 12 gifts of $10. <laughs> Right? And, and we have to get it in the next 15 minutes, right? But then they offer themselves some grace when 15 minutes is up, and they're like, we're going to add eight more minutes to the clock. And so that is grace upon grace upon grace as well. I feel like you are talking bad about my Christian radio I am station. not. I, I, Never. I, Never. I, I like Christian radio. I listen to Christian radio. Oh, but we got to be able to poke a little fun every now and then, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. You are right about this. All right. Final thoughts on heart and love this day. I think it's so easy to just, you know, gloss over this. Yeah, love, love God, love neighbor. Easy. And we talk about this in the United Methodist Church a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. it is like the core, really, of what we talk about and what we teach. Um, I think it goes, it points, every subject we go to points to this, right? It's that um, foundational to our faith. Um, but I think remembering that it is, um, it is not something we active, just actively do, but it is that inner work. I think it's just, it's just the most important thing um, to remember. And that when we do that inner work, 
we can learn how to live out the nature of Christ in the world, um, which is active mercy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, when, when we were talking about this um, a couple of days ago, one thing that Christopher had talked about, and I'm going to let you explain it, but it's sort of a practice that we can put in to place as we leave this place and as we go into our lives. How do we actually apply this and sort of make this a practice so that the exuding that we talked about is something that pours from you? And it's something where people will say, man, that person is a light in our office. So Christopher, do your excellent job of explaining this process. So everybody's seen a dog before, right? Good, okay. Um, Whenever you meet a dog, right, or you come home to a dog, there is a joy that is expressed in the wag of a tail. Um, And you know that the the joy has come and spilled over because the tail is moving, typically so fast that you can't see it. And so the the method is called the wag method, right? Because it brings joy as you seek to live into it in a different way. And the first thing is the, the W, right? Where is one person in your life that you want to show active mercy to? And you do this every morning when you wake up. Mm. Where's one person that I want to show active mercy to? Right? I saw that this person was having a really hard day in the office yesterday. I'm going to show up with coffee today. Small act of mercy. Right? Um, I know that so-and-so has been having a hard time. I'm going to drop a meal off. Small act of mercy. Or maybe it's larger. Maybe there's somebody that really and truly needs something that you can provide at a larger level. Whatever it is, where can you show act of mercy? The second thing is the A, right? Where is uh, one person today that I can either offer forgiveness to or seek forgiveness from? Man, I really shouldn't have yelled at them yesterday. Man, I really, really, really lost my temper here. Man, I completely ignored this person for months. They were going through a lot. I should reach out, right? Where's one, one place that we can either seek forgiveness or ask forgiveness or give forgiveness? And then the G, Right? At the end of the day, you come back to the G, and that is, where did I see God today? In the midst of everything, where did I see God? So where's one place that I can offer act of mercy? Where, where is a person that I can offer forgiveness to or seek forgiveness from? And where did I see God in the midst of all of it today? If we really implement that in our lives, and I've been trying to do it daily as well. Mm, um, it's a good practice. It becomes a practice of gratitude, but also instead of just writing down what you're grateful for, it also has an action to it of, there are things that I've been called to in the world, and where is God calling me in the midst of that? So the WAG method, um, and I'm happy to send that or post that to anybody who yeah. is not a note taker, um, but so that we can share in it. So may we expand our hearts and boundless love as we seek to continue to live into what it is Christ has called us to do.